Come to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Boo doo boop boo. Go. Hello and welcome to our latest episode. Uh, we're glad you're here and we're excited to see you. Or I guess hear you. Never mind. This is a, <laughs> this is a terrible start. It's okay. Let's just keep going. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. We are really glad you're here with us today and excited to be here and living through January and enjoying the snow and cold and life in the great white north, eh? Today, uh, Zach and I are going to chat a bit about church. Yeah. Yeah. We um, are looking forward to this year and we have a bunch of ideas and topics in our heads. And so we just start going to start firing through them and hopefully they're relevant to you. Uh, if you have questions, if you, on our topics, um, man, make sure you're getting out and asking somebody, um, whether it's Zach and I, or through the discord or putting it out there for everyone to discuss, or, you know, even just reach out to uh, a pastor, a youth pastor, a friend, a mentor, and just get them out, get out and talk about stuff. Like mm. it's really important. Mm-hmm. You can't just like sit in your head all the time. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Uh, so Zach, you, yeah. uh, brought up this topic. What was in your mind when you brought up the idea or let's talk about church. Yeah, let's talk about church. That's it. Just want to talk about it. Well, I think that we are in a unique, uh, circumstance <laughs> with church because it hasn't really run the way it always has. Mm. So if you look at the last, let's just go five years. The last year has not been normal compared to those years. No. And even like, furthermore, now most people aren't meeting in their churches. Mm. So I guess, at least in my head, I mean, I've been thinking about church for a number of years now, but I think a lot more people are starting to think about what's going to happen with church and some churches are doing things differently now and they're not just like COVID changes. They're like forever changes. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Is that good? Is that bad? Is that, what is that? Is it just change for change? Is it needed Mm. necessary? Anyway, lots of things to think about, talk about. Mm -hmm. So I thought we would just kind of go through some of that, some of our thoughts on it. Um, Interesting thought when you say, let's look at the last kind of like looking at the last five years of your life and what church has been to you and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, like, what has that been? What's your journey been? Like, mine, well, we've been kind of bouncing around looking for a church, um, trying to figure out what the point of church is. Mm. That was kind of, that's been my journey. Um, yeah, I guess I've been trying to figure out, like, is the way that we do church the way it was meant to be done? And, like, I, I guess I was feeling kind of, disconnected from church no matter where I went and why was that is that my fault is it when I'm not putting enough into it is it I'm not unhappy with how things are at most churches um I don't know is it a combo of things so I've been kind of looking through a lot of that some of that will come out here I think yeah and that's that's been a sentiment I've really felt uh with the um the staff and and like people in Timothy training as we've gone through Timothy training you know, people in their twenties coming out of university or college or, or working full time and being like, I don't, I don't, there's no place here for me. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in that, 
that place, but um, we've shifted to having teens from having children. You know, when, when you yeah. have children and you're going to church, you're just like, is there a Sunday school? And how do I plug into Sunday school? And how do I yeah. help with that? Um, or is there something, you know, really looking for something for my kids? And now we've got teens and we're like, they need to be independent and thinking for themselves. Right. What, what is their, why are we a part of this particular church? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or this, how do you say that? How do, how, why are we um, a part of this expression of the church? Maybe is another way to say it. Like, why are we doing small C church here within this big C church? in Canada or the world. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's been a, a journey for Julia and I too. Uh, we changed churches about a year and a half ago. Right. <clears throat> from a church that we had been at for almost 10 years mm-hmm. that had come and gone to, and from that church, whether it was with church plants or we were looking for stuff closer to our community. And then we settled back again uh, because of the people we really loved or what it was, what was it that, uh, that drew us to that church? Mm. So what are some of the questions then that are in your head? Yeah. So, um, I have a few different thoughts or questions, uh, I want to go through to kind of break down topic of church right now. Uh, so let's start off with how can I be part of a church during COVID? I think that's, um, coming from the fact that like a lot of churches are just doing an online sermon, like they're just putting their normal Sunday message or normal Sunday program right online. Yeah, like here's what we did before COVID. Your, yeah. And you just sit on your couch and watch it. And that's right. the extent of what churches seems that way. Doesn't it? And part of that is because you can't meet in groups and whatever and inconsistent and, you know, mass and distancing and all these things. So sometimes that's just like what's easy and what's possible. So that's what all people are doing. So how, how does just sitting on my couch watching a a program on Sunday morning, does that, is that church? Is that what church was supposed to be? And how, or how do I be part of a church if it's not? I think we can all assume that that isn't the full extent of what church was meant to be or should be. Um, So how do I be part of one? That's all there is. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a really excellent question that a lot of people are asking. Mm. I'm looking around. Uh, I've been listening to different um, people out of the U.S. and Canada, church leaders mm. and leadership stuff. And, and they're, they're saying like, they're talking with people at Barna, mm-hmm. which is a U.S. marketing, Christian marketing, finding data and stats. Yeah, people are stopping church. Like people that were committed churchgoers before COVID aren't just like, haven't just stopped going to church physically. They've stopped church like completely. Right. Like the numbers are pretty high. And it's, um, so I think your question is really valid. Like, what do, how do I, what does it mean to be a part of a church during COVID? I look around, I see some really active churches. I see some churches that have said, hey, our mission is to, uh, to reach the widows and the poor and the orphans, uh, to be a neighbor to, like, to, you know, the, the idea of who's my neighbor. And if that's what we're called to is to love our neighbor, then I've seen some churches that have been really active in like, we're going to be a food distribution center. 
for mm-hmm. people that have lost their jobs. We're going to be uh, a retraining center. We're going to work with, and, and it's, uh, we're going to work with our homeless in our area. We're going to work with the people that don't have um, the needs that w- we can provide childcare. We can provide, you know, they pivoted mm-hmm. and they've taken their building and turned it into a childcare center or a food distribution oh, center or yeah. a, uh, a homeless um, shelter or into a place where it's, it's, it's food and clothing they're distributing, or they are just like, Hey, we're going to make meals mm-hmm. and take them to, uh, the hospital. So as people come off their shift, here's a meal for six. And they're just passing that out all the time. Right. So those people that are working in healthcare aren't worried about how do I, you know, manage to manage my family when they've been home all day and, and they can just go home and have food right. and be a family. So I guess like if your church is doing these <clears throat> extra things and pivoting and using their building in the legal ways right now, I think it might be easy to be part of that church still, just like figure out what they're doing and be part of it. What if your church isn't doing those things? Your church is just doing the the Sunday morning program because that's all they're legally allowed to do. So some of that is, I think, um, uh, some of it requires people to think non-traditionally. So it's easier for you and me and for those that are listening to this podcast where younger where like hey this isn't the tradition like i know my tradition but i'm only i'm only 20 I'm only, mm-hmm. like i'm not even 20 i'm only 15 why are we tied to this like why have we said this is what our couch looks like or this is what our car looks like and that's what it's always going to look like like let's change it mm-hmm. and i think um some of the leaders are really open to that change to ideas, to like, how can we shift this? Okay. Right. But we have to start coming to them and saying, uh, I think that if we want to be a part of a church and our church is not being interactive or isn't engaging us, then we can go to them and say, I'm not engaged. And here's what would engage me or some ideas that might engage me Mm. and, and other people that think like me. And we could become part of that creative process, right? Um, so you think we should either come to our church leadership if we're not being part of the church, give them ideas, maybe be part of the change. If if that's not happening, that won't happen. If that doesn't work, whatever, we leave. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really wrestling with this. Mm. I, I can go to church and I can watch Andy Stanley in Atlanta mm-hmm. or Rick Warren in, in California or Nikki Gumbel in the UK. I can watch world-class, like, you know, I, if I really wanted to, I could log in on a Sunday morning and listen to the Pope's delivery right. of a sermon. If, if I'm looking for some teaching, mm-hmm. there's great teachers out there. Likely better ones online. Than Probably better ones church. than our local churches. Mm-hmm. Like if we're looking for that world-class teaching, if, mm-hmm. if we only go to church for teaching, then sure, that's going to change. I think what our churches need to do, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself into like, what should the church be? But we need to be really relevant locally. I need to know why, why do I go to a church in Elmira and continue to do their online Sunday morning service? Mm -hmm. It needs to be something that speaks to my situation relevant, like brings relevance to this local situation. Hmm. So a church in Elmira, so it's going to have a different 
community and neighborhood than a church in Waterloo. A church in Waterloo that's downtown is going to be like, wow, my neighbors are really different than a church that's in and you know, a suburb here in Elmira. Mm-hmm. Their neighbors are really different. The way they're going to impact and serve their neighborhood, the way they're going to impact and serve their community is really different. And what they need to, I think what we need to be able to do is say, how do we make disciples? Our, our commission, our job is to go and make disciples, mm-hmm. become fishers of men, to just share the gospel and to be sharing that and saying, okay, you need to follow Jesus. And I need my church to reinforce that for me to say, here's how we follow Jesus in this context. That could be rural. That could be my little church in Cross Hill or mm. my little church in Wellesley or my mid-sized church in, in a bigger community like Elmira or my, my small church in the middle of this big metropolis of KW, right? And, and we're all going to approach that differently because that context is different. But we should be pointing people to Jesus. We are to go and make disciples. That go and make disciples. That go and make disciples. Right. And I think um, instead we come and we want to be comfortable. This is my old couch. This is my comfy couch. And I really am cozy here. As young people, we're looking at it going, I don't think I love this old couch. (laughs) It's not relevant to me and my friends. It's not relevant to my situation in, in my high school. It's not relevant in my, my, my stage of life where I'm like, who am I? And what am I called to do? And what am I called to be? And I'm learning a job and I don't love my job. And how is this all looked to me? And Mm -hmm. I don't want your comfy couch. I want something that, that speaks to me in my life where I'm at. I've lost a ton of stuff. And how does, how does this couch speak to that? And it's, and it's not because it's, it's comfortable for the people that have been here for generations. Right. So how do we speak into that? I, back to your original question, how do we be creative? Well, yeah. and, and in that, I, I think we have, we have some leaders in our churches that are really willing to listen. They just don't know. I think we need to allow our, our leaders in our churches to admit, I don't know. Because we look to them and we're like, you need to have all the answers. And, and we need to have the grace to say, mm, maybe they don't know. Right. right. Noah built a ship and he got on it and God closed the door and everyone went, so where are we going? And he's like, I don't know. So basically you're saying be the change that you want to see. I think we have to, one, have grace for those that are trying to lead because they don't know. And two, if there's change you want to see, be a catalyst for that change mm-hmm. or try and spark something. Right. It may not be exactly what you think. Like you may have an idea and you're like, oh, this is a great idea. And they may take it and say, okay, there's, there's definite gold in here, but we need to chip some of the dirt off the edges and shape mm. it so that it actually fits in our function. Right. It's really relevant to you at, at 17 or 18 or 25, but, or even to me at 45, 48, I'm 48 now. Holy crap. Um, but uh, to, to fit in this context and to be really relevant to our neighbors and to be local, we're going to shape it a little differently. Yeah. But you can have that nugget that you bring to them that's raw and say, here, shape this, mm-hmm. make this, make something out of this. Mm-hmm. Put it into the forge and actually shape it so that it's relevant and it's, it's functional. Yeah, I think we should be that catalyst. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Will Church, um, meaning how we're used to church pre-COVID. Right. Like that picture in our head. That what you have experienced church as for the last five years before COVID. Sure. Will that survive COVID? I think the answer is easy no. Hmm. Why? Um, So there's some people that really are holding on to that. They can't wait to get back to in-person services or back to the way it was, right? Yeah. And I think what it's going to result in is a bunch of splits. Yeah. I think you're going to have like, ah, yeah. Like the people that are really, that I've been listening to that are really looking forward have said, I can't see anything in the future here in Canada. Right. So I'm looking, they're looking at the Asian church. They're saying, how did church survive in China and Korea and in places like Russia where it was persecuted for so long? And then when the persecution stopped, suddenly there was all this church. Right. There was this body of believers that had survived under these extreme conditions. So what do you think is going to change? Like, how do you think it's going to look different? You have a number of churches in the U.S. that are starting micro churches, right? They're going back to the small churches of home churches, and they have an apostle. Uh, they have a pastor that actually moves around like Paul did. And he met in this home and he okay. talked to them and then he met and they met at this community center and he talked to them and then he moved on to the next group right. and he talked to them and, and he sent emails out to the churches he had visited said, I'd so, love to come back and visit and, and continue in this way and right, be right. encouraged. So basically what most of us would understand as life groups or like small groups that you would do <laughs> weekly, instead of that being, um, Something that once you're part of a church, then you start doing that thing. And that's like an add-on on top of Sunday morning. That that becomes the base. That your small group or life group, that that becomes base what church is. And then other things are the uh, Yeah, and your pastor is like a missionary. Is, is, is Paul and his mission, yeah. missional journey pastoring you and moving around from house to house and church to church. Yeah. But they're relevant. They're in their neighborhoods. They're small. They're micro. So I would agree with you that that's what I think church should be. I actually don't think that's what is going to happen. I think it's, a, it's one expression of what will happen. I think it might happen in some places. Um, in our community here, I think that it could be a while before we see that happen. I don't know for sure. But so the issue that I see is that like, um, I think that at least pre-COVID, what was at the root and at the base of our of church for everybody, of our um, community of church, whatever, how you want to word that, was Sunday morning service. Mm. That was the base. That was like the, the foundation, the cornerstone. Yeah, that was church, right? That was like the cornerstone was Sunday morning. You go to church on Sunday morning. If you're not going on Sunday morning, you weren't part of a church. Like I couldn't go, like people that were coming, that were going to small groups or, um, you know, life groups, whatever you call them, like on the week or going to youth group and stuff like that, but they didn't go on Sunday morning. They weren't really considered like fully part of the church. They were only partly part of the church. Yeah. Like, they were like, they were kind of like testing change, it out. Right? They were like trying it out. They were just kind of coming. But if you only went on Sunday morning, you were part of the church. And I think that that um, attitude or focus, I suppose, is also what's causing issues right now during COVID because if our base or our, our cornerstone is Sunday morning, then when 
everything gets confusing and locked down and shut down and issues arise, what we're going to turn our focus to is what we think our base, like our cornerstone is. We're going to start, we're just going to go back to that. So that's why so many churches, the only thing they're doing is that, or the one thing they're focusing on first and foremost or spending most of their time or money on is that. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and we've heard it at camp. So sorry to interject. It's fine. I've heard it at camp yeah. because people have said, are you going to start a Sunday morning church? And I'm like, camp is the church. Right. And so like, I, I understand the, I can sympathize with how like we got there because um, furthermore, I think that like, not only have we focused on Sunday morning being our, our route, but I also think we've turned it into a performance mm. and to a like, um, yeah, like a performance instead of a, it's event. It's an event. Yes. And I, I get that. I can sympathize with that because I, um, like I, I would want to do things well as well. Like if I'm in that position, like when we started this podcast, I didn't want to just start recording, even though I would have had stuff around the house that could have worked for recording iPhone, whatever other microphones. I wanted to make sure we bought these great mics before we started doing it and make <laughs> yeah. sure we had all these different things in place. And like, so I get it. Like if I was part of that Sunday morning thing, whether it would be, if I was, you know, in the sound booth, if I'm in the, if I'm, if I'm running like the, the order of the service, if I'm a pastor from whatever, I would want that to like be done. Well, I'd want it to be like a good event. I'd want it to like be perfect. And so I get how we've got there with like, it doesn't take, like more than one person to be part of a Sunday morning to make that happen, um, to push things to go that direction. But I think we've gone way too far that direction. And then that Sunday morning has been the focus and like the root and the, um, and then everything else has been the add-ons. And I think that that needs to completely switch because like, ultimately, like we've said, I don't think people are going to get what they need to get out of church on a Sunday morning, not long-term. Like, and you can get better versions of that online now. You always could, but now you definitely can. Like, and that's where I guess, personally, this is where my struggle has been coming because, <clears throat> like, I left a church, I went to a different church that basically, like, ultimately was the same thing. They just did it all better. Like, they just did the Sunday morning a little bit better, a little more extravagant. They just did it. Um, like, I just enjoyed the music more. I enjoyed the list, the speaker more. But furthermore, I could just go online and find a church that I find that same thing, just again, a little bit better. I'm sure you can always just keep finding that little bit better. But like, are you ultimately going to find your like, I don't know, satisfaction or get what you need out of church slash put in what you're supposed to put in through those methods? And I don't think so. Like most people in the church are not contributing on a Sunday morning. Church isn't just for taking, right? It's also for giving. Should be. Right. And not just monetary. So <clears throat> right. like it's not you just don't come and bring your money and yeah, so take like, your sermon and But if that's true, then it has to be more than Sunday morning. It has to be has to be so more than what, Sunday morning. It has to be more than that. So but why like I just and maybe I'm off the mark, but like I just I've grown up in the church and I feel like the the way it was always like at least talked to me or preached to me was that it's like Sunday morning first, you get plugged in on Sunday morning, then you can explore these other things. But even the other things were never like pushed that hard. Right. It was kind of like. And I think that's where Alpha, I, I'm going to interject mm -hmm. here. I think that's where Alpha's turned things on its head. Yeah. Where Alpha is like a Tuesday evening group chat online now with, with really excellent videos and mm -hmm. excellent teaching, but you actually get to interact as a 
as right. a human and say, I don't agree with this, or I have some questions here, mm-hmm. or I'm eating my supper while we watch this. And, you know, life is happening around you and it's, it's in your home and it's, but it's also online. And yet you become part of a, a community through Alpha and you get to know those other people that are asking these same questions. And, yeah. and suddenly there's something very real and tangible about it. It has nothing to do with Sunday morning. It's like, all about learning about Jesus. It's all about making disciples and sending people and going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think Sunday morning is, should really just be a bonus. Like, oh, like nice. Like this week, maybe it's not every week. You know, this week we get together, we get to get together with everyone from, from the community and, uh, and sing together and listen to the same message. Like, and that changed to where it became like the only thing that we did. Right. Yeah, and there's something very rich about communal worship yeah. that God institutes in the Old Testament, and it continues in the New Testament. Jesus went to the temple. Jesus, you know, went on on Saturday mornings to the synagogue, and he he participated. He read from the Word. He's like, "Hey, today this is fulfilled." Yeah, and like, oh, no, definitely a uh, communal worship <clears throat> and um, learning and all that is important. Um, and if not, like one of the foundations of church. But I think that we've lost idea of how many people that needs to be, that community needs to be. Because I think we've decided it needs to be a building filled and it doesn't, it can't just be a house full. Once you make a building, then you got to pay the mortgage and you got to upkeep it and you got to make sure it's being functional and used and, and then you got to fill it with programs Mm -hmm. and then you got to find people to run those programs. Like a building can really tie us into a model that we may not, we we may wake up one day and go, how do we get here? Well, yeah. Like what you just said is like, now we're spending the most amount of resources on the smallest portion. And what I think is the least relevant or least worthwhile point of our church. So like when you focus on Sunday mornings and you have a building and you know, you have, Whatever many five ten full time staff, uh, and then you have a worship so team. And you got to get the words on the screen, and you got to make yeah. sure that it's all edited. And there's so, a lot that goes into a, an online Sunday morning service. Of your tithe money coming into the church, what percent of that a week is going towards that one hour service? But but you see, we need to. So I hear what you're saying, and I can I can tell you why that happens. If uh, it's this this question about what do you do, mm-hmm. and I've had it as a camp director, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure you've had it. So so the camp's over in September, and people are like, so what do you do for the next ten months mm-hmm. until camp starts in July? And you're like, what do you mean? What do I do? Right. Like, well, someone's paying you, and we're giving our donations to camp. What are you doing? And mm-hmm. you feel like you have to produce. What's your role, though, as, a, as, as the pastor, as the shepherd, as the camp director? And that's, I think, where we, we, we want to produce something so that people can see what we do. Yeah. But really, my job is to make sure that spiritually, I'm good. And also spiritually, my sheep are good, the mm-hmm. people that are following me. And, and I heard something this week. Someone said, you know, leaders need to smell like they're sheep. They need to spend time with those people. Mm-hmm. Well, suddenly COVID comes and we can't spend time with those people. Right. And then what we do, what we produce that people see and say, oh, that's so great. It's suddenly taken away. 
Mm-hmm. You can't do Sunday morning. You can't do summer camp. You can't do. So what are you doing? Well, you and I are still filling weeks of work, mm-hmm. but it's just very different. Right. But this is what I'm kind of saying is that like when we focus on Sunday morning or when that becomes our, and again, mostly unintentionally, our cornerstone or our main focus of church, then um, our efforts and our time and our money and whatever all become focused on that. So all of a sudden you have multiple like staff members that use many of their hours in a week to, to work on a Sunday morning service or performance what or whatever produce. you want to call it event, because that's like the, the tangible, yeah. but ultimately it's like the least worthwhile thing for them to do their time on. Like, you know what I mean? And that's where like, I'd rather have a pastor that spends two hours preparing for Sunday morning and they spend the rest of their week helping like, like, shepherding the sheep right but part of that is him preparing for sunday morning yeah but also here's the other part is that so many pastors nowadays and and i've seen studies on this too right like they don't they're not actually caring for their own spiritual Mm well-being they're spending 10 hours a week in sermon prep and that 10 hours a week is the only time they're ever in their bible Mm -hmm. it's for something that they're producing they were called to pastor because they have a heart for Jesus and a heart for people, then they should be spending 10 hours a week on their own personal well-being. Are you connected with God? So that when you bump into that stranger in line at the, at the grocery store or the person who's coming, who never comes to church on Sunday, but is part of the alpha group, that you're ready to minister to that person, that mm. you are Jesus to them. But what do we want? When you listen on a Sunday morning to people and they come out and they're like, man, that sermon wasn't great. Mm. Well, well, did you come for teaching? Well, yeah, they did. That's the point I'm saying. Did you come just to be entertained? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's like Gladiator. Are you entertained? But as long as like, people are, are thinking you not like that, entertained? as long as people think like that, then... Then like, the Gladiator has to perform. Then they have to perform. As I'm saying, yeah. though, is like we need to just drop... Like, Sunday morning needs to not be relevant. And I think it, I think it can be that because we can just get... We can get the best version of it anyway online. Right. And I think that's why leaders in our church right now are saying we're not meeting on Sunday mornings. Their whole paradigm's been crushed. And they're looking to Asia and Africa going, how did these churches survive for years when they had no regular Sunday morning? Right. Right. When, when someone had to walk three days to go to a church gathering in Africa because they don't have a car or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they had to walk home three days, that gathering had was organic and was of God and was spirit led. And how did that church survive? Uh They never had educated pastors and they never had these people. And we can provide some of that, but somehow this underground church or these, these alienated churches survived because they were a body. They cared Uh for one another. They're about disciples, making disciples who made disciples. They, um, they recognize that when you give your life to Christ and his lordship, I'm now part of his body. And so I have a role within your life and the lives of those around me. Mm-hmm. It's not about consumerism. It's not about uh, production. It was about how do I even live my life and who's on my side and who, well, who needs Jesus? So there's like, this, this is the whole idea. Like, in Canada, we've removed certain words from a vocabulary. We don't talk about hell. We yeah. don't talk about sin with our, our friends and our families. We don't talk about 
um, the consequences of judgment. We're good people. We're nice people in Canada. We yeah. don't have to deal with that. And we want to make it easy and <laughs> easy to swallow. We don't want to talk about, we, we want everybody to have the choice. Oh, you want to choose your gender. You want to choose when you do things. You want to choose all the stuff good for you. Truth isn't relevant. There has to be something absolute. I'm off mm-hmm. topic here. You're really getting but, out there. Um, so yeah. let's bring it back. I, how this, I would like, this is like two episodes <laughs> in one. Well, uh, so I guess my next question was what should church look like going forward? And I think to the, again, this is like 100% just my opinion. I have pretty much no like background to, to say how I, it should be, but this is how in my head through my experience, I would like it to be. And I think it could be better than it was. Mm. Um, in my head, I would see myself sitting down on whether it's Sunday morning or whenever and watching an online, um, somewhat service. So maybe, maybe some worship, but mostly just the teaching, um, in with a group of people. And that would be like the new Sunday morning, the new service. I probably do it on Sunday morning because it's a good time to do it. Um, but then like the rest of church would be like that group that I'm with, like we would do discussion about the message. We would maybe do like our own small group of worship. Um, I think this group should be at least 10 people, probably a bit more, but like it'd be good if it was at least 10, like you don't want it to be too small. Um, again, I'm just making all this up. This is just my ideal. Yeah. Um, because so I, I just, I really think we need to get away from this focus of like this performance on Sunday morning. And I don't even think it necessarily needs to be like done by our group of like our community. You know what I mean? Like, right. like let's say I have X church. I don't know. Let's just say, pick it, make up a name. Sure. The church of Conestoga. Yeah. Okay. Conestoga church. So let's say right. I go to Conestoga church. Yeah. We had a building. We had like a normal Sunday, like we had everything normal pre COVID. Um, so now new church of Conestoga is split into groups. Maybe those groups change yearly. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I don't know all the details here, but you split into groups, right? Ideally with people, people that you get along with, that you maybe are close with, that you can kind of go right. through life with, that you're going to want to want to be with. I think that's part of it. Okay. And then, um, you would weekly, probably Sunday morning, whatever watch an online teaching of some sort. And I don't even honestly care where that comes from. Like I wouldn't care that it's like the pastor of church of Conestoga is the one who I'm getting that from. And we're the ones producing that video. I don't even think that's necessary. Like why does it need to be right? Right. Like I don't, like, so then- I wouldn't, I wouldn't tie it to the church of Conestoga because I want to make sure that the, cause I'm, cause I want to pay the, the pastor of the church of Conestoga to teach me. I would want to tie us to the Church of Conestoga because I want the pastor of the Church of Conestoga to pastor us. Right. So his, sense? his job should be less about teaching teaching, and more about curating. Yeah. This week, uh, we're going to watch this 10-minute clip from Andy Stanley, mm-hmm. and then we're going to come back here together, and I'm going to give you, like, that's great for him. What does this mean for us here at Church of Conestoga? Sure. And you and your homes? And you and your neighbors, how yeah. is this, how is this relevant? And we're just, 
what does this mean for us here? Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm also going to curate some worship. Here's six videos we put together yeah. on a YouTube page where you can go and watch. And it's, it's Hillsong and it's, it's uh, Need to Breathe and it's yeah. King Country. And you're going to watch these six songs and they're going to lead you into worship. And then at the end, I want you to reflect on this question. Yeah. And so my job now as, as pastor isn't to teach on Sunday morning. It's to curate what you're receiving as a community and making sure that mm-hmm. it's relevant to our local context. Yeah. And sometimes it might be teaching and sometimes, sometimes it, it might be, be doing the whole thing. And this Sunday, it might be doing none yep. of it. And this and, Sunday we need to talk about tithing and why it's relevant to us. So I'm going to take this Sunday and we're yeah, going to talk for 15 which minutes. Which is great. And then I think that at least once a month, if, if not more, <clears throat> it'd be nice if there was, maybe it's weekly and it's, op, it's kind of an optional thing. Come when you want, come every other week. I don't know. Anyway, that there'd be a time where everyone in, the Church of Conestoga, all the groups get together for like a, a worship and right, I or, don't know. Or 20 minutes of communion. Like or, I remember Woodside used to do, um, what was it called? 90 minutes or whatever. Um, with the youth? Yeah. And it was an open to all the youth groups in the whole area. minutes or something. I don't know what they called it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And it was unreal. It was so like you wanted to go. And like it was mostly skits and and like fun, but, but that's then there was also event. worship and yeah, but that's but okay. it was an outreach event. Yeah, but it was also like a it was enjoyable, which is part of it. Sure, but it was also not like the cornerstone of church, right? It was like this is a time for all of us to gather and and do something together. Oh, okay, like yeah. I, and to me, it's I like the base, the cornerstone of of the church needs to be these these pods. These I don't know what you call them, but like small communities. Cells, whatever. Of, yep. That make um, up the body. Yeah. And then they can come together and they should come together at times to recognize that they're all part of this bigger thing um, and do something together. And I think like worship can be that thing. I don't think most people want to come together like and just sit there and listen to somebody talk. Maybe if they're entertaining, like I, we've listened to people at conferences that are hilarious. And we learned something. We were scribbling down notes like crazy right. because they're selling great stuff, but then they're also making us die of laughter. Like, get those people in. <laughs> like, put them on video. Whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that guy we from Vancouver was doesn't amazing. Need to be a sermon, but like, it yeah. could be. You know, uh, we've had and we get those people. You know, randomly throughout the year, we'll have those people on Sunday mornings, where it's like, and it's such a great refresher. Like, it's a great. Mm. It's, it feels so, it's different and it feels so nice. Or like everyone loves it when, um, I think it's like the friendship club ran Sunday morning, like one a year. And it was like always so fun and it's just different. Um, or there was like always youth, youth week or youth Sunday or whatever it was. And the youth group would run the Sunday and I was feeling that kind of different and fun and neat. And so things like that, that like doesn't need to be the standard, like dude preaches to us for a half hour to an hour. Yeah, um, and tells us it rips apart the Bible theologically and does all these. So you things. have. So I, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. Do it briefly this, this here, is just my because the problem right now the problem with that is it's such a massive paradigm shift. Oh yeah, right. So you have ten people employed at this church, and they all have their specific roles, and they may not even be in a role that fits them as their uh, to what they're designed to, but mm-hmm. it's what they've been hired for. And so they have to fill that role. Yeah. And then they have the problem, I think, too, is we have pay scales that mm-hmm. we fit these people into this paradigm for. And then, uh, so you come along and you say, okay, we're going to wipe this slate clean. Mm-hmm. So 
what do you do with all those pay scales? What do you do with that whole paradigm? What do you do with the idea that I have a, have a job or a title that I've been placed into? And are you willing to take that person? Is that person at a 55-year-old or that 45-year-old that's finally got their, their role going to be reassigned because they're a better fit over here and they're going to do this? And do we change their pay grade? And do we change their, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're taking a massive, the problem is the church has become an institution with all these paradigms. Mm -hmm. And then do you take that paradigm and wipe it clean and reassign all those people? No. Then yes. what do you do with I them? I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you cannot, yeah, in like, your model, say, okay, we're going to change this. Your focus isn't to preach a sermon on Sunday. Well, and, for some, and to spend 30 hours a week in sermon prep, your job is to curate for 10 hours a week and then get out and actually be with people. Yeah. Like I think for some churches, it's going to be easier than others. Like as you've described, and then on the, flip side the of lead that, pastor has like a pretty, like they can still do right. something every right. day of the week. Um, but some churches who have a lot of staff, it's going to be more difficult. Now, maybe they have just have multiple of certain roles that right. we because they, they, church is so big, yeah, they can still do that. Um, maybe they need to split up. The other side of that pastors coin, throughout, and do you know what I mean right? Like, so the other side of your coin is that you talked about a cell of ten to fifteen people with 10, people that you like, or whatever. Sure, but that really quickly becomes a really closed unit for sure. If it's people that you only pick people you like. I'm not saying right. you pick people you like. I'm saying you should overall get along with everyone though. Like, you right. Shouldn't. So when does that cell divide and how do you bring yeah. new people into it? It's because tough. we're to make disciples that make disciples. That means we need to be willing to be ready to divide and move and change. Hmm. And even if we just like, let's take, for example, your street, there's 30 houses on your street hmm. and you started a group here and it's all the people on your street. Well, that's, if that every 30 houses times three and a half or four people, you're talking 120 people. Mm -hmm. So you need like 14 groups just on your street. If you reached everybody on your street for the church of Conestoga, mm -hmm. uh, to be a part of a small group mm -hmm. and suddenly you've got 10 small groups meeting on your street, mm -hmm. but stir it off with just three or four of you, three, the three homes around you meeting on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. and then. Joe and Cindy joined and then Tom and Stu joined and then, you know, Dragon and Anna joined and then. Dragon and Anna. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I adding know. some I'm not names that are different. No issues with my model here. I'm just like spitballing with like, yeah, there needs to be a different focus. Is I know. I'm, I'm just at. saying that there, there are complications even in that model. There's complications no matter what we do. But I think the, that model gives us an opportunity to say, wow, we can, we can reset our paradigm mm -hmm. and we can teach people that, that we, we don't have to get comfortable. The problem is we want to be with people we like and we want to be with people the same as us and we're comfortable with. And that's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. But then you need to be willing to split and to change. Otherwise, you just become a, a closed group or, you know. Yeah. And, I and think that can that be that, really destructive too. I also think that just happens right now anyway. I know. Like when you... I think I'm part of a life group. Like I look at life groups or small groups that are yeah. with adults. It's I the think that's same gotta, thing. I know. And it's I, just and I look people at it. who are friends with each other 
Or like they end up only hanging out with those people anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like your friend group becomes your life group. Because we've made like it like parents, Sunday morning light. It's like, I always hear this at the, at the rank is that like their social life is the, is their kids hockey yeah. because everyone who they're friends with just becomes whoever that they're like co yeah. coaching, parenting yeah. at the rink with. Right. Um, so how do we change that? I don't know. I don't know. So do what's we? like, you're part of multiple groups. You switch up the groups more often. Like I, I don't know. I can think of solutions. And so then what's the solution? Do. Like, I'm what saying, is it? Why do we do church? Is, Let's on. go back to that first question. Stop, then. Why are on. we even doing church? Uh, hang on. I'm saying is we're not <laughs> doing anything. We have that problem now and we're not doing anything about it. Right. So what, like I can think of a hundred problems with the, the, this, the thing that I'm proposing. They all exist now and we're doing nothing, about not, it. nothing or not a good solution about it anyway. Um, I think joy and fulfillment need to be part of attending a church. Yeah. And challenge. I want to be challenged. I need to grow. But that's not everyone wants to be challenged, Terry. But, but you, that's part of the Christian do. life. I know you do. But, be, but here's an issue. Right. Is people don't want to be. Why do you think that we have the church the way that we have it now? Because people don't want to be challenged. They don't want to challenge. So they're happy then, to just but, show Hang on. They're happy to show up on a Sunday morning. then you're morning. saying that the church is sick. They're happy to show up on a Sunday morning and not be challenged and not do any challenging. And go home. Yeah, but that's not how. That's not what the church is Do called. You disagree to. that that's what we have. No, I'm not going to disagree. That's what we have. I'm saying that it should be a part of it. Jesus didn't come to bring peace. Right. He came and he challenged what we were. We thought as abnormal. Right. The per, the people he was most in conflict with were those comfortable religious people. Yeah. Why was that? Because he was trying to challenge them to say, like, you're so close and so far away. So they were comfortable. They were enjoying it. They had their prestige. Yeah. We well, don't, we, that's not what we're so you're for. saying that we're going to go back to, we're just going to end up defaulting eventually someday. Let's say we change how church is. You think we're going to default to how it was if we don't change our attitude? Like we don't, if we don't want to be challenged. Yeah, I think we will. We will go back to our old comfy couch. As as disgusting as it may be. Honestly, like depending on the day you catch me, I could pick apart everything I just said. This discussion about church is so difficult. It is very difficult. I, like, I don't want anyone to hang their hat on any of these opinions because that's what all they are is opinions. Like at this point, like I've been searching and trying to find answers to this stuff for a number of years now because I, at the end of the day, feel like we're just missing the mark. Yeah, I do as too. As a whole. And I, and it's okay. Like, it doesn't mean it's bad and we shouldn't do it or we shouldn't be part of it at all. I don't mean any of that. I just think that, um, it's probably just partly is who I am is that I want to continue to like, that's how I do my job at camp is I want, like, if I think we haven't hit, haven't hit perfect yet, I want to make a change so we can try to. Right. You, so I you keep adjusting it closer and closer yeah, to the sound. I want to keep adjusting because I don't think we've hit it. Right. So I want to keep adjusting, but. I don't see the adjusting happening and maybe I just, maybe I just can't see it and it is happening. Um, I think there gets to be a point where you're like, uh, I've come into a church and I'm trying to be a catalyst and I'm trying to be supportive and I want to find my place in this body. And eventually you have to, you may have to try and find a different expression mm -hmm. of that big C church, try a different local church. But we're all going to have faults. Yeah. We're not all going to hit that mark. 
there will be times when you are missing the mark by quite a bit. And the question, I guess, is to look at it and say, is this church willing to, to adjust? Are they trying to get closer to that mark? Or are they have certain things that are just so set in stone that you'll never adjust that at all? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that comes very much from the pastor. Sometimes that comes very much from the congregation, right? I've seen some uh, high church, traditional churches, Catholic, uh, Anglican churches that are very evangelical and that the pastor and the congregation are both about making disciples and moving disciples and focusing on, on getting to know like the disciples of Jesus. They want to know Jesus. I've seen um, evangelical churches that have nowhere close to that mark. Mm-hmm. They just have their routines and that's what they want. And, and it seems very vibrant and real. And yet as you watch, they're just, they're not, they're not alive. And uh, that's really hard. It's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. You're right. These are our opinions. But I think there is change that can come, and I'm hoping that COVID is a catalyst for that change. Yeah. And if it means going and trying to learn from the underground church and the uh, African church and how did it survive so long in such difficult circumstances, can we figure out something from them to get away from that Sunday morning focus and become mm-hmm. a 24-7 church body that includes the body? It's mm-hmm. not just about professionals that work on Sunday morning, that those, those professionals that work in the church are serving the body because they, they're dedicated to the body and its health and its well-being, mm. not just its Sunday morning. And I think that's got to shift and, and some places are shifting and others are really struggling. Mm. Um. One we thing, could do a whole new church on just like, or a whole new session on just like what's missing and why go to church. And we could do a whole nother session on that. I don't think we need to. <sighs> One thing I also wanted to like mention. Yeah. That we didn't touch on. Sure. Is the reality of um, people who get hurt by churches or I, I suppose the people in them. And then they often turn like they turn away from church or a specific church because of it um that happens quite a bit i think like i've talked to a lot of people who you know they don't go to church anymore because of something that happened at a single church or they completely change churches because something that happened at a single church i'm not saying these things are that's bad to switch churches i'm not saying they shouldn't be offended like it definitely happens, and so how do we? But what do we do? How do we reconcile that? What if it's if it's us? What if it's someone we know? What do we do about that? I think that's a a great question, and should be a whole another topic, probably. Uh, so what do we do with that person that's been hurt, and how do we how do we help reconciliation? I think that's that a whole new, <laughs> I think that's like next week's topic okay. because we've already spent an hour on this topic. Yeah, we have. We can also and, put in, and we're just um, scratching the surface here. We can also tie that into like, that would go well with why, why do we need church? Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is you can't just not go to church. That's a really real question to me. Um, I have, I mean, there's a difference. I have I two sisters and a brother. So yeah. there's four of us 
And uh, two of us have stayed in the church and two of us have completely left it. Mm, yeah. And we all grew up in church and we all grew up counseling at camp and we all grew up with a statement of belief in Christ. And so what happened to my brother and sister? Yeah. Where did they, that go? And, and a big part of it is this hurt by the church mm-hmm. and unable to reconcile uh, the people that are part of a church and Jesus called to be his body. And yeah, so I loved that conversation. I'm also thinking about the difference between going to church and being part of a church. Mm. Cause I've said both those lines today and I'm realizing that I think those mean different things. I think the line going to church has come from this focus of church being yeah. Sunday morning. I think that's yeah, yeah. proof of it. I think yeah. that the way that we say that, yeah. How we're not, we don't say we want to be part of a church. I want to say, are you going to church? Yeah. Yeah. I go Sunday mornings. That's all that matters. Where do you go to church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you go? Yeah. Not what church are you part of? Yeah. <laughs> where do you go to church? Or like, yeah. It's How, I think it's. What expression of the body culturally do you attend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> no one of us would ask that question. question. That's thanks. why. Sorry. Um, oh, thanks. Okay. Well, I think we have. I mean, Man, hopefully people are interested in that, but I think we're going to go with that next week. And then, uh, I don't think it'll be as long, but I think it's a good topic to discuss a bit more of the stuff around church. Again, the things we've said today are not, um, all like concrete, biblical, black and white things. This is like, my uh, opinions know. on what I think church could be or should be. Mine are, mine are pretty close. Well, yeah, but mine, <laughs> my opinions were just my, that, my opinions about what I think church could be. And this is based on my experience and, and that alone. I'm not basing it off of, um, like I, there's, I'm basing it off of the principle that we should be part of a community that, that acts in faith. I guess that's basically the only thing. I've been wrestling this for years. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's really important that we are a part of a local church and they get part of a local body. Mm-hmm. And we find a place where we can use our gifts and talents. Yeah. Um, and I have wrestled with this for years because, um, yeah. As someone who spent a few years not going to any church, yeah, I can say that that was worse than just attending a one local that I was frustrated with. Yeah. Or that I thought we're doing things wrong. Yeah. At least Probably if you're, that, you, that, you need I guess. to connect to a, a community that's going to, to hold you accountable. Mm. At, at times when you're like, Hey Zach, actually you're off base or where you can say like, I think we're off base as a community. And they're like, mm, you might be right. I'm yeah. not sure how to change that, but continue to voice this opinion. And, uh, you, sometimes we're not actually going to see the change we're trying to make. Mm-hmm. It, it may take years and a long term. Like if you're trying to move a ship by pushing against it, it's going to take a long time to turn that ship a whole well, uh, mm-hmm. it's like trying to move a car when it's not moving, right? Like you got to start the engine and give it a little gas and then you can actually turn the steering wheel and it's going to move. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, okay. this is a great conversation. I really I have think, enjoyed it. Um, Thank you so much. I think we've talked more than enough. That's right. If I you have really, thoughts and opinions on this, yeah, we really, we really want to hear, hear from you for, guys, yeah. uh, for questions, for comments. Um, yeah, we can definitely clarify some things or talk more maybe we've glossed over something that was like not obvious or Mm. um sounded wrong or whatever like let us know please 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 uh i only know of like 
two or three people who actually listen to this, but there's a number, like quite a large number of people who regularly listen to this. Yeah. And I would like to Great. know who you are. So yeah. please just at least tell us your name. Yeah. It's gotta be more than just Carson. Yeah. Who we love. And I know thank Carson you so and much. Carrie. That's Fantastic. the only regular listeners I am aware yeah, of. Yeah. And we so. really appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know more of your names. Yeah. All right. All right. God bless. That's more than enough for today. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you again. Bye. Bye-bye.